0: So to begin with, uh, a bit of a joke. Well, it's not a bit of a joke. I guess it's a joke. A Frenchman and an Englishman, a German and a Jew, are on a trip through the mountains. The Frenchman says he is so thirsty that he must have a glass of wine. The Englishman says he's so thirsty I must have a cup of tea. The German says I am so thirsty I must have a pint of beer. And the Jew says I am so thirsty I must have diabetes. Why do Jews worry so much? Maybe all people worry, but honestly, I think our people have made it into a national pastime. Larry David, of course, turned Jewish worry and neurosis into a career in a TV show, or at least least one, if not two. But back to the question, why do Jews worry so much? When I asked this question of a group recently, one person suggested that it is because we have been persecuted for so long. It is the warriors who have survived, and I would call this Jewish Darwinism only the neurotics survive. Another said that Judaism's emphasis on personal responsibility promotes worry. With so many commandments, we are literally commanded to worry that we might be violating one at any moment. A more positive spin on this is that because the Torah and other Jewish texts encourage the idea that we can always do better, be better, and make the world better, we have a sense that we are always falling short of expectations. As I've shared with you before, one of the things that I admire so much about Judaism and the Jewish people is that we are eternally unsettled and dissatisfied, and I think that's a good thing. Take any of the many worrisome headlines from the news during this pandemic. We all worry about the spread of this virus and whether we are flattening the curve, the immediate and long-term impact on the economy, we worry about our society. And many of us, stuck at home in isolation, read and watch every new piece that we can find on the news. And that leads to only more worry, prompting more Google searches for answers, which leads to more worry. And it becomes this feedback loop of worry and search and worry and search. Worrying about worry, that too sounds awfully Jewish. Many health experts have pointed out that the compounding negative health impacts of this virus and our social distancing response. Not that we have any choice in it. Without a vaccine or testing on a global scale, our only choice, as we all know, is to do what we are doing now, to stay home. And we all know that, and I think the vast majority of us accept it. But we also know that this is, a deepening, that, that this is deepening the disease of loneliness and isolation that I spoke about on Kol Nidre and that long preceded that sermon as well. We know that mental health incidents are up. That, sadly, domestic violence is up. In China, following the easing of stay-at-home orders in Wuhan province, divorced lawyers, it was reported, were inundated with new clients. Each of these are also diseases of worry as well. Worry that we can't cope. Worry that we can't get along. Worry that we're being forgotten or being ignored. And so what do we do? With so much to worry about, where do we start? And more importantly, how does it end? I would suggest three important Jewish considerations as we worry about worry. First, we need to know and accept that a certain amount of anxiety in our lives is normal. It's part of life. We are shown this in the very first verse of the Torah in the book of Exodus, excuse me, in the book of Genesis chapter 1. We read in the beginning, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and God said, <clears throat> "Let there be light," and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and so God separated the light from darkness, and it was evening and it was morning one day. From this seminal passage, we learn a great many things that we should set our fears and worry, I think, at ease. We learn that darkness preceded light. The unknown always comes before the known, uncertainty before certainty. We learn that in order for light to exist, it had to be created. It didn't exist on its own, and even when light was created, it was still mixed together with darkness and had to be separated from it. At the heart of worry is reason that has been set aside or hidden in darkness. Knowledge and wisdom can remove the darkest fears. We can gain knowledge. We can acquire wisdom. We learn that a full phase of revelation, one day, is complete only when it includes both darkness, evening, And light, morning. And we learn also that it is known that the darkest part of night is just before the dawn. Often it is easy to think that life would be so nice, so easy, if it were just so simply and smooth, a life filled with only light and no darkness. But just as on an EKG readout, the sign of life is a heartbeat that goes up and down and up and down, so too our lives have bumps in the road and the ups and downs, the peaks and the valleys. They are all part of living. The question is not where, is not whether there will be bumps, but rather how we will deal with those bumps when we run into them. The second lesson from our tradition is that worry can be the precursor to action, if we pay attention to it.
1: Rabbi Isaac
0: Una, an extraordinary rabbi who lived in the quite worrisome times around the First World War, taught me something. He lived in this period which was ravaged not only by war, but by a flu pandemic of its own, and suffering in widespread despair and economic insecurity. And it was vital for Rabbi Una to identify the fundamental difference between pessimists and optimists. Rabbi Una taught his community that the key contrast lay in how one understands the role of human beings in the world. At their core, Pessimists see themselves as passive recipients of fate, helplessly blown around by the winds of history. The pessimist is static, either fortunately receiving or being faithfully deprived of worldly happiness. In short, pessimism believes that human beings have no real control over their life. Thus, when faced with adversity, the pessimist will simply accept the world as it is, rather than seeing how the world ought to be. Rabbi Una taught that Judaism thoroughly rejects this pessimistic worldview in favor of true freedom which Judaism endowed upon every human being. Rather than seeing the world as a series of permanent and unalterable obstructions, Judaism views setbacks as opportunities for growth and as springboards to inspire achievement. While misfortunes are certainly painful and ought not to be ignored. They also present humanity with the prospect of progress and growth. The world is not a stagnant, fixed conclusion, but an occasion brimming with infinite possibilities. And we need only look so far back as our Passover Haggadah from the past two nights' Seders to hear echoes of this teaching in our master story of redemption from Egyptian bondage. We retell that story year after year because it is a story of resilience of worry and dissatisfaction that led to faith and action. Yes, in the story, redemption comes from God and miracles of parted seas and burning bushes. But still it was the Israelites that called out to God in their suffering in the first place. And it was the Israelites seeing the opportunity created by the moment who rushed out of Egypt without even time for their bread to rise. What is perhaps most interesting about Rabbi Una's theory of optimism is that it is not based on blind optimism, the don't worry, be happy approach to life. Rather, a bright future can only be attained through hard work and by surmounting the considerable barriers that lay in wait. Worry is good, Una concluded, if, if it leads one to action, not to paralysis. In the case of COVID-19, worry has led us to social distancing, to washing our hands more, to covering our cough, to making public health a public priority, and much, much more. All of these are good things, actions that are needed, but only come as a result of worry that leads to rational action. The responsibility is on each of us to locate meaning in the world and to strive towards that meaning. Rabbi Una strongly believed that optimism, particularly in the face of worry and fear, made a positive future all the more attainable. And he grounded this teaching in the Talmud, in a axiom requiring every human being to anticipate the redemption of the world. Once the foundation of hope was in place, all was possible. So his teaching was, rather than don't worry, be happy, his was his teaching was, don't worry, you're not powerless. Therefore do something about it and you will be happy because you can do something about your fears. Granted, that doesn't fit so easily on a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. The third teaching is simple, but it's so hard for us to do. Count your blessings. We have much to be grateful for in the midst of our worry. I, can think, I think we would worry less if we focused on the blessings and not the curses. Our Zoom satyrs were not like the satyrs of every other night or year, but they had some unique blessings as well. Family could join from far away. Our cleanup was much easier. For many, the stress of preparing was lessened. And we were permitted to have a Schwach seder, a not-so-nice seder, an attendant sweatpants, with maybe a nice shirt and tie on top. The sages teach, one who enjoys the fruit of, earth, of the earth without saying a blessing, it is, is as if that person has stolen from God. Have an attitude of gratitude. Find the silver lines. Say, thank you, God, instead of, why can't you or why won't you, God? How do you deal with worry in this worrisome time? Three lessons from our tradition. Accept that a certain amount of uncertainty is normal. It is darkest before the light. Let your worry spur you to action, not to more worry. Do something about it. Take control of what you can and let go of what you can't. And third, recognize and acknowledge your blessings. Find the silver linings. The great Hasidic master Reb Nachman of Bratislav, taught kulo gesher The whole world, he said, is a very narrow bridge. Va'ikar Lola But the most important thing, the most important part, is not to be afraid. Because fear leads to paralysis. We live in perilous times. We have since the dawn of creation. Since God spoke and the world came into being, it is natural to worry. It is healthy to worry. But let our worry spur us to action. If you are afraid of the dark, turn on a light. Shabbat Shalom.